0: Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast?
1: Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss.
0: This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at schaeferleadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, just call or text 765-233-2640. Again, that's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today,
1: we have Amanda Court with the Ball State Foundation.
0: We're brought to you today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at schaeferleadership.com. What they have coming up?
1: Well, on November fifth.
0: Wait, November fifth? Yes. Remember, remember the fifth of, of November? November. Yes. For Laura Lee Heights. Yes,
1: absolutely. She's going to talk about rafting the rapids, building tough teams to withstand rough waters.
0: Ah, okay. She's now talking about rafting. No. She's talking about business and...
1: Business and building teams and and things like that. But probably some lessons that she's learned from rafting because I think she's an outdoor adventurous kind of person. She
0: is adventurous. I
1: am not, but she definitely is. So, But we're going to learn about the two types of teams, the must-haves of high-performing teams... What research shows about high performing teams and the five key pieces to reaching high performance. It's a virtual coffee talk.
0: Okay. I love those. I know. You bring your own coffee. You bring, own bring coffee. your own coffee. You, you don't have them. to be dependent on that cheap coffee they bring.
1: Yeah, because our coffee Sha- at home Shaver actually brings some good they coffee. They bring good home. coffee. Our coffee at home is not We fancy. have Folgers. We have Folgers, yes, but
0: at least it's not gas station coffee.
1: Well, that's true. If it was yeah, no thank you.
0: Arby's coffee I hear is good. Arby's does Amy.
1: Have, Amy says Arby's does have some good coffee. McDonald's has good coffee too, I think. But Schaefer <laughs> has good coffee. But you can bring whatever kind of coffee. If you have a fancy French press or cold brew or whatever kind of fancy coffee you like to or drink, or if you're a tea person, maybe you're a tea person. British. Matt likes to drink his hot tea in the mornings, uh, which I call dirt water. But if you want to drink your dirt water, you can too. That's from, what I call coffee. <laughs> uh, well, coffee's dirt water too. But I don't know when tea. It just tastes like you're. Let's grind up some beans ground. into
0: soil and like run some water through it. I, I wonder who came up with that tea's kind of like that too the Colombians?
1: i don't know the aztecs maybe they had coffee i think they did i don't know anyway they this, is not, a, this is not a history podcast i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> so from eight o'clock to 9 30 on november 5th you will get to hear lauralee and her presentation and talk about building great teams uh and you can register at shaferleadership.com
0: remember remember the 5th of november gunpowder treason and plot okay
1: Today in the studio, we have Amanda Court of the Ball State Foundation. Welcome to the Farmhouse.
2: Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I've awesome. heard lots of great things about the podcast.
0: So tell us a little bit about yourself. You're not from here.
2: I am not <laughs> no. from here. <laughs> you know, people always ask, where are you from? And I'm from most of Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, most of my family is from Green Bay, and I grew up there till I was about 13, but not even in Green Bay, like a small town outside of Green Bay. So where like, Green Bay was the Big city, mm-hmm. and then went to high school outside of Milwaukee in Grafton, Wisconsin. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Oh, absolutely! Uh, it's a mecca. It's about nine thousand people. So people <laughs> are always like, "Muncie's so small." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's not that small." <laughs> we live in farmland. Farmland is small. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fourteen
0: to seventeen hundred people. So. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean,
2: like, I didn't even consider Grafton that small. We yeah. weren't that far out of Milwaukee, but we were like the farthest that you could consider yourself a suburb. Oh, okay. Um, And so, and then I was like, oh my God, get me out of the small town. (laughs) Um, Get me out of Wisconsin. I was like, I'm never coming back to the Midwest. Ran away to Los Angeles. Okay. I went to University of Southern California. I actually started singing opera professionally when I was 14. Oh, okay. So at a very young age, uh, not surprising to anyone that has met me. I've always had a really loud voice. <laughs> and that is not that it's extended past my speaking voice to my singing voice as mm-hmm. well. Though I wanted when I was younger to be singing like Mariah Carey and Paula Abdul. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was choreographing <laughs> my dances to. Uh Opera was everything. I remember when I was 11, I auditioned for the Kenny Loggins Christmas special and they were like, no, <laughs> no, you don't look anything like a child. So I decided to major in music. I wanted a top five university or a top five conservatory inside of a large university. So I wasn't willing to give up like football and like normal college life to go to mm-hmm. a place like Juilliard. But I did want to have something that was going that was a, a top school and then also in a big city. So, it kind of narrowed it down. Yeah. So you it, knew what you wanted. I knew what I wanted. <laughs> That's good. Oh my god! I at 18, I knew everything. Oh, of course. I knew. Don't we all? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely everything. I ran away to Los Angeles and went to the University of Southern California, which was fabulous. And I lived in LA for seven years. Okay. One summer, I was at there's this big festival in Aspen, Colorado, in the summer, uh, and I lived there. It's a music festival, mm-hmm. so you go not like a music festival like Bonnaroo, but like a it's a classical music <laughs> festival where you go and you study and you perform oh, okay. and like people come. There's an opera house there and you you there's also like a jazz festival and all of this. So you put you put all of your skills to use and you're there for like three months. So I was there and this woman heard me sing from Guildhall School of Music of Drama and Drama in London, which I had never heard of before. I mean, I'd heard of London. I'd just never heard of the school. (laughs) Uh, And she was like, Do you want to move to London and get your master's degree? And I was like, "Uh, Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I convinced my boyfriend at the time, and both of us moved off to London. It didn't take much convincing. So I was there for two years. The boyfriend only lasted six more months. So then (laughs) he was back in LA. But I was there for two years. I absolutely loved it. I never would have left, but it is impossible to get a visa. Oh yeah. So then I moved to. Um, you did want my whole life story, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Good. Everything. Yes. Everything. Wonderful. We're
0: we're almost there. Keep awesome. going. <laughs>
2: Perfect. I moved to Chicago because my mother. So my parents have been married for forty-four years, happily. But for twelve years, my mom hates small towns. My dad hates big cities. My dad's a small town minister. My mom's a Jew. Oh okay. But like they love each other. So but for twelve years, my mom was president of a hospice in Chicago and had an apartment there. And then we go home to Manitowoc with. Wisconsin on the weekends. Okay, so I moved in with my mom at 26, um, and so I had been gone for almost 10 years and was back to Chicago. And so then I was there for 12 years. Okay.
0: Now, what would you do in Chicago? What?
2: Okay, yeah. Don't I shouldn't leave those years out. They're <laughs> they very important years. So when I got there, I was like, okay, well, I have my master's in opera. You know, this was 2007. I was like, I need health insurance. Those those things are important, right? And so I needed to get a job. Always been a horrible waitress, and
1: plus they don't give you health insurance. (laughs) Plus they don't give you health insurance,
2: right? (laughs) And then I had worked retail. I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue, Beverly Hills, and I got health insurance there. But I was like, I don't want to go back there, so I started looking for like admin jobs. And I worked at a trading firm, okay, in the accounts payable department. Mm. I know it was very, very random. I knew nothing about trading. <laughs> it was a proprietary trading firm. So these seven partners just traded their own money for more money. And it was a very different world than the music world. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was, learned a lot, was there for a year and a half and then was looking for different opportunities. But it was a great base because I, I learned how to work in an office and mm-hmm. I learned accounts payable. And so I got a job. I saw a job opening for Rotary International. And I was like, well, my mom's a Rotarian. I was a Rotary Youth Exchange students so if i'm gonna be doing boring things like filing like i might as well be doing them for an organization that's doing great things so thus started my rotary career and i worked at rotary for about eight years for the first six years i basically helped rotarians do their jobs. So the do their volunteer work, do their fundraisers. Mm -hmm. So if you're here in Muncie Mm -hmm. for the wonderful Noon Rotary Club, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're hearing about the different projects they do, the park cleanup, working with food banks, you know, the things that really affect the community of Muncie. Yeah. I was helping those Rotarians. But then after about six years, my boss was like, okay, you've kind of outgrown your job. Like, what do you want to do with your life? She's like, you're singing opera at night. You know, Chicago has a huge opera scene. So she's like, you're doing a lot of opera. You're doing this. And I'm kind of like, well, I have my master's in music. I've been working for six years at a nonprofit. Like, I guess I want to work for a music nonprofit. That made makes sense, yeah, it makes right, sense, right? yeah, right. So I uh, started looking for jobs in music nonprofit, and you put those two things in and immediately comes up with fundraising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be a fundraiser. I'm like, I I made the face that now people make it me when I tell them I'm a fundraiser. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, I hated selling those magazines in high school. Oh, yeah. I sucked at it. I sucked at it. Like, I was, it was horrible. So I thought that's what fundraising was. Like, I thought fundraising was like door to door, cold calling, mm-hmm. the people you hang up on. Granted, there are, that is a section of fundraising, but not really what my boss was talking about. So I did some research and learned that really fundraising is helping people have impact. I would say 99% of people want to change the world, whatever the world means to them. Mm -hmm. They want to give 25 cents to the person on the street. They want to give a million dollars to Ball State. Send those people my way. (laughs) Uh, But they want to have impact. Um, Sure, they might want to have their name on a building, but... That's not generally the sole reason people are giving. So I got a job as an annual giving officer for the Rotary Foundation. So after about two years of that, I was like, okay, I want to see what it's like to fundraise outside of Rotary. Mm -hmm. Because Rotary is its own special world. Like you don't don't have to build a constituency. There's already membership there. People already love it. Like if you're Rotarian, generally you're going to give to the Rotary Foundation. So I got a job at Shelterbox, which is actually a... Rotary partner and was started by a Rotarian in England. It's a disaster relief organization. It's the leading provider of tented shelter in the world. So I was the strategic gifts officer for Shelterbox for a year. So I worked with, again, Rotarians all over the world, and I did that for a year. And then a position became open to be head of fundraising for a theater in Chicago. So I became the director of development for a Red Orchid theater. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, my arts background, Mm -hmm. it finally, they finally came together right absolutely and then my husband my fiance at the time who has been an adjunct professor at ball state with the department of theater and dance for since 2012 so for six years at the time his dream job became open as the sound design professor the tenure track professor at ball state and i was like you have to take this job like i've been hearing about ball state for six years and so this is this is where we need to go so like okay so off to muncie we went I was not going to move until I got a job Mm -hmm. because otherwise I would have killed him in his sleep. (laughs) And so I was applying and saw a job at the Ball State Foundation. And so I've been at the Ball State Foundation in a week. I'll have been there officially for two years. Okay. Yeah. Well, isn't it just funny how things... Come full circle and. Absolutely. Well, and I'm working with the arts again. I'm actually a director of development for the College of Fine Arts. So I'm able to fundraise for David Owsley Museum of Arts, School of Music, School of Art, and the Department of Theater and Dance. Awesome. So I like to try to tell my husband that I'm his boss. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work. It doesn't work, but. And I'm in no way his boss. Yeah. But. But but you can say it. Right.
0: (laughs) Now, you two are recently married, just married this past summer, correct?
2: Yes. The
0: the Corona summer.
2: The Corona summer. Tell us about that
0: situation.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's. It's weird. I mean, it's it's there's no there's no denying it. You couldn't really make a decision very far in advance. Like oh, yeah. when the pandemic started, you know, we all thought this was going to be a weird six weeks. And then and you, then it just keeps going. Right. <laughs> um, you know, one of my favorite things was watching your count, your count of like, this is day one. Absolutely. And I'm like, yeah, yeah.
1: After a while, I was like, I, we got to end this. It's going to last forever and my kids aren't doing anything cute anymore. <laughs> they just want to murder each other. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
2: it's, it, but it, it's strange and it was mm-hmm. hard. It still is hard to plan. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. So we had this big wedding planned. It was going to be, I mean, big. It was going to be 120 people. Invitations sent out. We actually sent them out like in March. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, well, who knows? We'll send <laughs> We'll them figure out. it out. We'll figure <laughs> it out. So, but none of that was possible. So we ended up keeping it just to our immediate family. I kept waking up with stress dreams. You know, you kept hearing about those Family gatherings where people were getting sick and dying. Mm-hmm.
0: Super spreaders.
2: Super super spreaders. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you know we had our family gathering of fifty people, and it was outside and everything was great, and then twenty people died. You know, and it's like <laughs> right. you don't want to be <laughs> the one. You don't want that. You want to be the one who kills grandma, <laughs> right? And like for for me, it would be my parents. Yeah. Like and so because I'm the youngest of three, my sisters are twelve and fourteen years older than me. So even though. I'm 39. My mother's 78, mm-hmm. okay. and my dad is five years younger because she's she's a, she's cougar. a cougar. She's a cougar.
3: <laughs> so, uh,
2: so yeah, we couldn't we couldn't do that. And even our immediate family was 24 people, which at the time had only become we're getting married in Rockford, Illinois, had only become legal. To have that size of (laughs) gathering like the week before. Yeah. So we were really, I mean, the key is flexibility. So the wedding itself was like gorgeous and seemed super, super normal. So I said, my dad's a minister. So he performed the ceremony. You know, my two sisters were there. Joe's four siblings were there. It was really, really lovely. And then we actually did a Facebook live stream, which we kind of just like was a last minute thought. We're like, why not? Like (laughs) put it on Facebook live. I was amazed like there was like it was viewed like 600 times. Now, I'm sure about 300 of those were my mother after, <laughs> but like it was just that was really special. It was far more special and meaningful than I thought it would be. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. this person longed on. Oh, you know, like the running tally of people talking and stuff. It was really, really special. That was so then our reception was in this ballroom that was meant for 300 people. We had 24 people <laughs> spaced out and seven tables. So you sat with your your, your family, your family your pod, group, right? Yeah. And then you were like 10 feet. Every table was 10 feet from the other table. And so me and Joe are like sitting in the front of it. And I looked at Joe and I was like, okay, this is a little bit weird. Like this is, we tried just to lean into it, right? I mean, like what... What else are you going to do? Well, yeah. you know, like, it, of course, all the obvious things. Of course, it was sad that our family couldn't be there. I mean, our friends couldn't be there and our extended family. Of course, that was sad. Nobody got sick. And I think that that's once we, like, concluded that, once it ended and we, you know, all got tested. And now I have a testing addiction. <laughs> um, How
0: many times have you been
2: tested? Seven. Seven. Okay. Oh, yeah. my gosh. They do it so well at the armory. I'll get to that. The
1: arm? yeah. Well, yeah. She, it's so she just had I just had one. one. Couple, Yeah, last week.
2: So I probably never would have started if it weren't for the wedding. Mm -hmm. So like a wedding had one beforehand and it was like just when it started. Right. And then had one after Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, perfect. But then once you're signed up, you literally just click a button and then you can go again. (laughs) (laughs) And it just is like... Me and Joe talked a lot about, do we get tested just once a week just because it's free? There's no shortage. Mm-hmm. We're not taking it away. You know, there was a time where you thought. Right. Yeah, at the like, beginning. But right. Now it's,
0: wanna... it's Now common. there's
2: plenty of them available. Right. Yeah. Nobody's ever there. Yeah, when I went, I was the only person there. Right. It was ridiculous. They're <laughs> lovely. I'm like doing a plug for them. It I, is like it... LH... L-H-I care. Yeah. Go get tested.
1: And there's <laughs> nobody there. It didn't hurt. I mean, it's, no. not, it's not the most comfortable thing, but it's like they were not poking my brain. No. It I wasn't always that say, that
2: <laughs> Like a strep test. Yeah. But up, Put your, up nose. your nose. It's not bad. And so it's like done in a couple seconds. I think we can all agree that pandemics are stressful. Like no matter what your... I always say that me and Joe probably have the least stressful living situation. We don't have kids. We have two cats. We're both employed. Like we are really, really, really lucky. It's still stressful. For me, going to get tested every once in a while, maybe seven times is more than every once in a while, <laughs> makes me feel better. Reduces the
0: anxiety so. of everyday living through a pandemic, which we've never done. before.
2: Which we've never. I know, people are always like, do you think that's helpful? I'm like... I don't know. I don't well, have any idea. Well, and when, in a pandemic, when
1: there's so many things you can't control. Right. I can control that I can get tested. Right. And I mean, like. You whether know, or I not see... it's really making a difference, it makes me makes you feel better. Right. And I
2: do see one donor face-to-face. We, like, meet in her living room, you know, masked up. A... But she's 93 years old. Like, how horrible. Yeah. Would I feel. <laughs>
0: do, do off your biggest donor? Right. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. And. Doesn't that seem, like, creepy? Like, I mean, it's just more than getting it myself, which I think is still scary. I do not want to be the person who gives it to somebody else.
0: So I want to hear a little bit about your musical career. Absolutely. Like you said, you were doing night's opera in Chicago. Tell me about that. Well,
2: and how does one get, like, at 14, how does... That's, how do you get into, opera, you get into the at 14? opera at fourteen? It's super, super <laughs> odd. But um, so I was also just to keep my life make it more interesting. I was a competitive synchronized swimmer. Okay. What? <laughs> All right. Yes. So when I was younger in high school, uh, started. I started when I was like in when I was ten. Um, but then really eighth grade and freshman year of high school was when I was did it most. I was a member of the Menominee Falls Dolphinettes, who are a fabulous, fabulous synchronized swimming team. That's now awesome called name. artistic swimming. <laughs> oh, yes, okay. it is. It is a fabulous thing. Dolphinets. <laughs> I was most definitely the worst person on the team. Um, shout out to the rest of my dolphinets, who were amazing—literally one of the best teams in the country. One of the other mothers kind of pointed me more in that direction. She's like, "You have a really big voice. You have a voice that's far more uh, present. developed, present, mm-hmm. loud." Um, opera is going to be your thing. Musical theater is not. I didn't know anything about opera. You know, people are always like, oh, your parents listen to opera. My parents lived, listened to like Pete Seeger, <laughs> like Peter, Paul, and Mary. Like, they, you know, it wasn't. Right. They that's were no,
1: rocking out to opera. They
2: weren't <laughs> rocking out too much. Sorry, dad and mom. Um, but like opera wasn't something that was present in my life. I never even went to see my first opera until I was 18. So I'd already been in multiple operas. So I auditioned for this company called Great Lakes Opera in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And that's where I stood my first opera. So my first opera was Madame Butterfly. I was Kate Pinkerton. I was 14. And then I studied at the Wisconsin Conservatory of Music in Milwaukee. And so I really wanted to be a lawyer. I really wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. That was my, I first really wanted to be a police officer. And then I was like, law, really that study of it. And then I was like, I want to be a Supreme Court justice. So my mother was very disappointed when when I decided that I did the opposite of, most people are like, oh, I can keep on singing, but I'm going to become a lawyer. I was like, no i can always become a lawyer but there's like an age range (laughs) there's a window there's a window for opera singing yeah um so they fully supported me and off off i went so that's kind of how i got started in it and then really grew to love it as an art form and then in chicago there is a what's called a big storefront theater scene so you know you have small theaters all around that are really um they're really grassroots i Mm -hmm. guess is the Mm -hmm. way of saying it they're Chicago in most things is very gritty, you know, mm-hmm. it's a blue collar, it's a gritty space. We want to make theater, we're not going to wait for to get a leading role at one of the big theaters, we're going to make it ourselves, mm-hmm. we're going to make it in a church basement, we're going to make it, you know, in many different places. And I kind of fell in love with the idea of opera has a, has a, has a reputation to be an elitist art form. It's expensive, mm-hmm. I have to dress up, it's in a different language, I'm not going to understand it. That is, that's bullcrap. Opera is meant to be, it's meant to be reflective of society. It's meant to be relevant. It's meant to be politically relevant. It's meant to be socially relevant. It's not meant to just be for rich white people who want to wear their mink. And so I loved doing opera in more accessible spaces. So I did it in bars. I did it in an emptied out swimming pool in Berlin. Like I've done it... Um, in a lot of church basements and a lot of church sanctuaries, you know, like anywhere that we could do it. And so we could really be creative with what we were doing and make it accessible to people. And so that's what I spent my time doing the 12 years I was in Chicago. The last three years I have been singing with the chorus of the Lyric Opera, which has been an amazing experience. I mean, just to be able to be on that stage and singing with those amazing singers has been absolutely fabulous. So
0: now didn't you take some time off to go do that for a while? Here recently in the I past did. year. I did.
2: Yeah. Well remembered. Well, no, you know, how? you're in Rotary with me and that's I just true. remembered not seeing you. That's true, that's true. I was I was a rhino as they say, Rotary and Rotarian and name only. <laughs> yes. So at the beginning of last school year, about a year ago already, mm-hmm. I had what turned out to be my my most recent contract with Lyric Opera. I did Louisa Miller with them and the foundation my amazing boss agreed to let me work remotely which at the time not everybody was doing. <laughs> work remotely from Chicago and be able to do opera. I didn't realize it would be the last season that we would see in a while <laughs> uh, but, but it was there an awesome go. experience awesome. but I did have to miss Rotary. Yes. We'll, we'll let that, word well, that's allowed I suppose.
1: <laughs> now did I see you in a production at Civic Theater recently? You... Well, Recently-ish. Recently-ish,
2: yes. yes. (laughs) So I think it was just... It was my first December. So it was December of 2018. Okay. Uh, And I worked with Jonathan Jensen. Mm -hmm. uh, And he actually had my position before me. And he and his wife, Jessica, were co-directing a production of Bloody Bloody Mm -hmm. Andrew Jackson. Yep. I had never heard of this. I am musical theater illiterate. I know nothing about it. Like, I feel like at one point you had to choose, like, opera and musical theater. Mm -hmm. And, like, I... Don't know anything about musical theater. <laughs> so Jonathan was like, are you going to come audition? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll audition. When when are the auditions? He was like, tonight. <laughs> so I was like, I have to go change. I have to go get ready. And so like I left the Christmas party. I think it was our holiday party and ran home and changed to get ready. And he was like, you don't really have to do that. Like Opera auditions are like very, very formal. Mm-hmm. Turns out musical theater auditions, especially at the Civic, at are community not, theater are right. very, very low key. Yes. <laughs> But it was an amazing experience. I mean, I think I have a certain love of, actually a very big love of community theater mm-hmm. i think that again again not being elitist being accessible to all creating something that's less pretentious is something that i think is very very important yeah both to the art form and to communities and i think civic does an amazing oh, yeah. amazing job of that so i hope it's not my last performance there but it was definitely my first and it was yeah a well great and experience. bloody
1: bloody Jackson is very
2: non-pretentious i would <laughs> that's I would true say. it is it turns out In no way pretentious. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I,
1: I, we came and watched it. It was fabulous. I loved it.
2: It was great. I had such a great time. I mean, it was so much fun. Um, for those of you who didn't see it, I was the narrator and in a scooter. Yeah, electric scooter. Scooter scooter lady. Yeah, I was a scooter (laughs) lady, and it was amazing. I did have to practice driving that thing very often because I was not amazing oh yeah um, well, and that,
1: I, it was a very also a small space and hopefully not running into anybody's chair right I that. had to have people yeah.
2: practice by like sitting in the chairs that were in the corner so I could try to move around them I did run over their toes a couple of times that's but okay that's why we practice I bought them a drink so <laughs> they were <laughs> awesome fine with that.
0: and now it's time for the lightning round quick questions and quick answers so number one question, what is your favorite band or artist?
2: I love Katie Lang. I love okay. her. I love acoustic lady singers okay. as a genre. That's Katie a
0: Lang, she had that song in country radio. It was called Constant Craving.
2: Yes. Was. Yes,
0: I remember that. Wait, one.
2: no, wasn't that the Cranberries? Yeah, that was Linger, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that was. So, I'm a big yeah. Bob Dylan fan. Okay, those oh, yeah. are good, good okay, choices, cool.
1: all right. Are you an early bird or a night owl?
2: I'm like a forever tired possum afternoon possum i'm neither i um was diagnosed once with mild narcolepsy so i like to sleep in and i like to go to bed early hey that works. i'm a fun time you get me you really have me at my prime time here too
1: this is my prime time of the day too yeah.
2: matt's like i'm already done i'm checking out what's your favorite book sarah waters the name is fingersmith okay it's about um thieves i'm gesturing Pick and of pockets? course nobody can see that pickpockets Pick thank boxes. you in see, london I, I could see there yeah oh
1: Interesting. Yeah. Have you ever met anyone famous?
2: I have. Um, I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue in Beverly Hills after college for a year and met a lot of people famous. Um, Matt Damon, Audra, not Audra McDonald, um, Andy McDowell, two very different people. (laughs) Uh, Diana Ross, um, Natalie Cole. Wow. I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but she was very mean. (laughs) Everyone else was lovely. Everyone else was great? Yeah. Okay.
0: What's your guilty pleasure?
2: Oh, I feel like I have a lot of them. Uh, I will say the one that I used most recently, which was this morning, is that if if there's a sweet in the house that I'm making it, there's no reason I shouldn't have it for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Like if there's cake in the house or cookies or pies or
0: you'll this, eat that for
2: breakfast. I mean, accompanying my breakfast. So <laughs> I, like I agree. If there are so cookies toast in cookies. the house, yeah. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. I mean, sure. I, I had an egg too, <laughs> um, but then I also had some chocolate buttercream frosting.
1: Hey, it's a balanced breakfast. balanced
2: life. Oh, good. What's your
1: favorite movie?
2: That's a difficult one. Um, I always no White Christmas.
0: White Christmas. Bing Crosby.
2: Bing Crosby. White Christmas. Okay. I have seen it. My my uh, record is six times in one day. Wow, wow.
0: that is that is quite. I'm a big fan of It's a Wonderful Life. Again,
2: Christmas. Christmas. Type I music. mean music. Nostalgic. Right. There's yeah. this, there's tradition. There's that movie is boring. I'm just gonna say <laughs> I would agree with you, Angie. <laughs> I would um, like if
1: if it was 45 minutes shorter. <laughs> What's your hidden talent?
2: Kayaking.
1: Oh.
2: I was a kayaking instructor from the age of ten. Really? Yes.
1: Ten seems like it was a very pivotal age for you.
2: <laughs> ten was a very pivotal age for me.
0: So kayaking. Synchronized swimming. Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of water things.
0: Opera. Mm-hmm. All in your teenage years.
2: Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. I was also a very bad basketball player. My parents were those people who really like supported me, and I was able to do whatever I wanted. I'm also... Okay. The youngest, but by 12 and 14 years. So, so kind of the only, only child. Yeah. And like my mother was very, very, very poor when my sisters were growing up. So I'm also a spoiled child. So like ah, if I wanted yeah. to do something, I, there was no reason for me not to. Hey, Makes cool. sense. But it has
1: given you quite the well-rounded uh Yeah, and hopefully of not, life.
2: A, yeah. not a jerk.
1: No, I don't
0: think so. No. Do you sing in the shower?
2: I don't, actually. I don't want to terrify people. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to terrify your cats? Right. You're they, very loud. I'm like very loud. Said. And then also, I'm like, what do I think about it too much. I'm like, what do I sing? Do I know that song? Do I know the words? Is yeah. Joe going to judge me? Like, Am I flat? <laughs> Am I, Am I flat? Yeah. Am I, it's, I don't sing in the shower either. It t- like, it's no. just for now, some...
0: Now, what about the car? Do you
2: sing in the car? Oh, Yes, in fact, my friend texted me and told me that that was one of my quirks, <laughs> is that I sing, but I think I sound fabulous, but I'm singing operatic style to like top 40s music.
1: Hey, I think that's awesome.
2: But that really would be loud something to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, you probably will hear it. My window's always down. So. Star Wars
0: or Star Trek.
2: Star Wars, yeah. undoubtedly. All right. What's your most used emoji on your phone? Uh, that kissy one.
0: The kissy face one? The
2: kissy face one. Because me and Joe, whenever we're thinking of each other, we just text each other that. Well, oh, that's nice. I really? think he may have started that because I text him too much. <laughs> so he's like, how about we just do this? Excellent. It works. works. Newlyweds. Yeah. Right? Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that's True. Right. True. Well,
0: thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Really appreciate it.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for asking me. No problem. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Bye. Bye.
0: Angie's got the book in her hands. The
1: book, two thousand questions about me. That's our and dime
0: store find at what five below it was. Uh,
1: yeah, it's not dime store. <laughs> it's five dollar book or whatever, but at okay, five it's below, a,
0: it's a it's a five dollar book.
1: With inflation, I guess it might have been at a dime store back in the day. So.
0: And Amy Leffingwell is joining us. Hello,
1: yeah, hello, hello. We uh, Matt and I don't have anything to talk about because we've talked to each other for ever and ever and ever.
0: We we went out <laughs> on our anniversary dinner and. We've just had too much time together. We
1: now. have talked spent a lot of time together. So we thought, let's bring in Amy so she right. can talk with us. Yes.
0: <laughs> and we've got questions. So question number one, what have you what have you got there?
1: Have you ever dated someone your parents didn't like? Yes. <laughs>
4: yes. <laughs> <laughs> Might have married some um, people that my parents every didn't. Single like. <laughs> L- every single one.
2: every single one.
4: Every single one, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not current. I was gonna say, is that current? Maybe not current. People included. (laughs) But wow. Now, now,
0: have there been ones that your parents did like, but you know, you ended up not liking? So the the flip flop.
4: Not really. I didn't really start dating dating until I was almost graduated from high school. Okay. Um, And so I consider myself very loyal. So I. Really dated like one person for a long time. Mm-hmm. If there was I didn't like hop around, which I mean, if I were the parents, I would think that would be better, right?
1: <laughs> um, but, but yeah, if you it was a always awesome or whatever, and yeah. then, then yeah. you're stuck with them for yeah. a while. Well, so. I
0: ended up with the one they liked. So yay, well, good yay. job. Yeah. That's
1: good. Well, and my yes, vice versa. My parents. Think you're awesome. In fact, my mom, when I first started dating you, she was like, "Man, that Matt, he's really nice." And she was single at the time. She's like, "Does he have like a brother?" Oh, oh no, <laughs> maybe we'll cut this part out. That's <laughs> My, mom, oh, my no. next question. <laughs> mom might not like this part. Sorry, mom. <laughs> what are you superstitious about? So many things.
4: Really. And right now
0: it's ho- it's Halloween. It time. Is yeah, spooky
1: Halloween time.
4: Like my perception of like superstitions is why not just do it like it's not gonna hurt even if it doesn't if it, even if it's not true just do it like what
1: if you know but <laughs> so like just don't walk under the ladder that's right, not gonna right. hurt anything not don't to walk say under Macbeth in the theater like hello <laughs> just don't do it just don't do those things
0: yeah. i like voodoo dolls i think oh. that concept yeah. as a superstition and stuff i think that's who do you intriguing. think it works because i'm gonna invest mm-hmm. in some of that I, I would not uh mess with it but <laughs> yeah, that's,
4: uh, yeah that's too much devil that's a little bit yeah. i'm just
1: not down with that because jesus won't like that you wouldn't like I, that. I don't like that i'm not superstitious but i like have you know like on our tv the the volume you know the control is like up or down like yeah. one and ours is by number so like one two three four five or whatever i hate when it's on Odd numbers. Like, if I am in charge of the volume, I will always have it on an even number.
0: Now, when I pump gas, same way. I don't... I make sure it's an even number in the tank. I feel like that's good luck for the car.
4: Yeah. You know what I feel like is good luck on numbers? is all the same number. So, like... Twenty-two dollars and twenty-two cents, or you know, five fifty-five, or like, yeah. yeah. Okay,
1: that's that's good. I will do it like I'll be like you know, nineteen seventy-five. Like that's not an even number, but it's like a round number. So and I like think a it's good okay. year too. Yeah. Like okay,
4: great
0: band. <laughs>
1: I know, right? <laughs> have you ever been on a blind date? I have.
0: I think I have.
1: How do you how do you not know? Well,
0: I. <laughs> it goes way too many years back. That's, oh, that's true. I yeah. was like a freshman or something. I remember. The, the turnout was horrible. Basically, it was a double date, and it was kind of a blind date. I didn't know the girl that well or anything. So here she brings some other gal and her boyfriend, and they, like, smoked in my backseat, couldn't hit the ashtray, burned my seats. Oh. I was just, oh, oh yeah. Oh. I was like, I don't like these
1: people. See, I didn't go on a blind date, but I went on a first date. With a guy who like I knew who he was, but I didn't like know him very well or anything. And so I went on a big group date or whatever. Turns out I married that guy, but then I divorced him.
4: Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes, Angie.
4: Now what about you? Your blind dates. So I've had one. Just one. With the current.
1: Oh okay. The current.
4: The current beau, beau, um, and what's funny about that is, well, with Facebook is really any date blind, so I, I kind of knew what he looked like. There was one picture on his Facebook page. The date actually, I thought went fine, but not great. Like he just seemed kind of like not really looking at me and kind of nervous, and like I had to like do all the conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm a shocker! <laughs> but then when I talked to him about it, he saw the complete flip side. Like, oh no, I was totally into you, and da 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 and, and you're whatever. Fine. So you it was told like, me. <laughs> yeah.
1: So but it worked out. That's so
0: good. yeah, very Excellent. good.
1: What is your favorite sci fi film or program?
0: I'll let you two answer this uh, because my, I have a few.
1: My favorite is none.
0: <laughs> Same.
1: <laughs> what? None. I have never liked sci
4: fi like I my dad and sister read sci fi books all the time when I was little and I just didn't like it.
1: I don't either. Matt wants to watch it, I'm like, ugh. I fell like, asleep. what's your
4: favorite? Like uh, favorite tell, favorite.
1: Tell us a favorite.
0: Well, definitely Star Wars. I mean well, okay. that's there. But Okay. But Starship Troopers is just a fun movie to watch as a sci-fi movie. Alien. Probably Aliens Part 2 is my, my favorite.
1: Favorite, favorite. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay.
4: Game over, man.
1: <laughs> like, I will watch that stuff. but I'll watch it, but it's not I my favorite. I don't prefer it. it. It's not my favorite. Yeah. But a fun fact about Starship Troopers. Yeah. So I went to Bible college, right? Yeah. Where it was very strict there were lots of rules about what we could and could not do and we could not watch rated r movies and if their church was going on you had to go so you always had to go to church well i skipped church in bible college Mm. to go see starship troopers a rated r movie
0: (laughs) now how can we call this good girl gone boss
1: (laughs) that was like my one bad girl moment (laughs) it's funny because
4: you did the one bad girl moment which i I think
0: that's just rocks. <laughs> and but
4: was...
1: you went to something you probably didn't even like. No, I didn't like it. I thought it was the dumbest movie I've ever seen. So here I am risking my eternal soul right. to no. be bad for and Star- Starship Troopers, for Starship troopers. It was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> and never did that again. No, I didn't Did you get caught? No. Yes. What was the hardest personal goal you've set for yourself? That's hard.
0: Goals? No, I'm just kidding.
4: <laughs> Goals, what are those?
0: Hardest personal goal.
1: That's yes, that's what it says. Okay. <laughs> well, don't everybody speak at one. Uh, well, starting Farmhouse and making it successful, that was pretty hard.
0: That was, a, that was a personal goal of yours, to make it successful. To make it successful, yes. Do you think it's worked out?
1: I, I like to think it has. <laughs> we're still here. I we're mean, still paying the bills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little questionable during COVID, but we're back. <laughs> no, we never went anywhere.
0: I've had a few over time, like, you know, really good goals that I've accomplished. Uh, now, they didn't always turn out. The way I thought they would after reaching it. Like, I want this thing, but then I got it and then I was like, ah, eh, I didn't want that really.
4: All I can really think of is like I, I raised I wanted to raise my kids, you know, of course to live to be eighteen. That was my job. And they have. <laughs> um, but like raise good kids and mm-hmm. kids that have good hearts and are kind and all of that. And and I think I've done that. I mean, I suppose I've had other goals throughout my bajillion years, but but thats I'm really proud
1: of, of my children, so I'm going to go with that one. That's a good answer. You stopped smoking at one point. That was a
0: goal of yours. Yes, that, now that you bring it up, yeah. Uh, back in 2008, uh, we had only been dating, what, a uh, couple of years. Why You I, didn't really like me smoking, but you never I gave me. Why I dated you. We, <laughs> yes, you never gave me a heck about it, and it became a thing where I was like, I don't feel like, I need to do this anymore, and it doesn't make me feel good. So,
1: And you'd smoked for a long time.
0: Oh, yeah, about 15 years. And so uh, with the help of Chantex and Great Dreams – I was Man, able to crazy
1: dreams I heard that
0: I've get heard off that. smoking it took me like six months still but uh, but it finally happened on in January of 2008
4: do you ever see one or or ever want it again or do you,
0: like still every now and then it's like there's a pull to it but I've removed myself away from it so much that mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it anymore I can say that but yeah, there's still like a, a whiff of it if somebody blows out when you're near them or something you're like, like mm, that. that. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the American Legion, that does not smell good. That so. just I, <laughs> no, I, no. I, no.
1: Probably just never ever gross. did, even back in the day. <laughs> and you were smoking. Have you ever used the phrase back in my day to do someone younger than you? Have you? Oh, I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay,
4: I say I say back in the day a lot, but I don't necessarily mean my day okay it could be just back in anyone's Anybody's day. day 1942
1: is back in the day old timey times yeah. or whatever
0: yeah i've gotten to the age where i start using that more because enough time has passed so we have a 16 year old well back in my day we did like this you know
1: <laughs> back in my day if i didn't come home when i said i would i'd be in big trouble
0: <laughs>
1: if i spent the last 46 cents on my bank account I'd, oh. my parents would have kicked me into next week <laughs>
0: That sounds like a 16-year-old. I'm
1: just saying. Uh, what about
0: you? Do you say it now?
1: Uh, Sometimes.
0: I think it's back in my former life for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. When yeah I, you back in my that. previous life, mm-hmm. this happened or whatever. So, yeah, I think probably. If you were going to poison someone, how would you do it? <laughs> oh, wow. Murderino. I would do it slowly. So you wouldn't, like, you would... Just a little bit. So there was some torture. Man, maybe torture, a but torture also so you wouldn't on. like know it. Yeah. Like in the Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I do. Yeah. How about you, husband?
0: Oh yeah, I'd, I'd do it, but <laughs> <laughs> how would I? No, I'd I, I'd probably go uh, quick, fast, so I could dispose of the body and make sure nobody can find it.
4: Yeah, same. I think I would do that. I mean, once you're committed, you just want them gone, right? So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. So. <laughs> so if you
0: see me in the hardware store buying some lime, you know what's. On. Ooh, and rope and
1: ugh. <laughs> I mean, we have a farm. Nobody would ever find it.
0: for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss.
1: Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss.
0: We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss.
1: If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show.
0: Also, join the conversation in our Facebook group, Just search Gone Boss and hang out with us.
1: If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts.
0: Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has Gone gone boss.